0: Great. Okay. Am I recording? Am I recording? Yes, I'm still recording. That's great.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Cold open. Let's go. That's a
0: terrible cold open.
1: Yeah, it is. Let's (laughs) fucking go.
0: It is the year of the fuck, so let's Uh, fucking go. Yeah,
1: let's fucking go. You're kicking off today.
0: Oh, God help us. Um,
1: Oh, Oh, God help us.
0: Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. I'm your host, Stephen, with me here, as always. it's EJ.
1: We're here up at Illuminated Brew Works, way, way on the northwest side of Chicago, up on Northwest Highway. Um, super cool spot. It's our first time here. Uh, I've been wanting to check it out for a long time. Um, and it turned out that while my wife was traveling for business, she ran into one of the owners in Vegas, and I promised we would show up here
0: the next time. And since EJ is not a liar, uh, we decided we would have yeah. to come here to defend his honor and make sure everything went smoothly. So, here we are, enjoying our beers, and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, one of the coolest
1: spaces I've been in in a Yes, long time. we'll definitely
0: talk about that. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, we need to update you on what's going on in various PSYOPs uh, around the country and the world. Um, and if you were following what happened in the Super Bowl... Uh, or the superb owl, if if you are <laughs> of that thought. Uh, it turns out that the PSYOP went exactly according to plan. Uh, there was not just a Kansas City Chiefs win and the uh, resultant Taylor Swift endorsement of Biden. Oh, wait, no, that didn't happen. Sorry. Uh, wait, what was the point of the PSYOP again? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not. It went I'm to overtime, really sure. though. So they it got go extra time for the PSYOP, PSYOP to happen. Time.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: Maybe maybe of the deep state screwed up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I did appreciate that the uh, Biden campaign came up with like a dark Biden thing of like it went exactly as we planned. Yeah, I mean, like I do love you know. And we're
1: gonna talk about Democratic messaging, but honestly, the campaign is doing a great job already yes. of just poking the bear. Yep. And yep, yep, and yep. it's amazing. It's the people who are totally bought into. A government control or scripting of the Super Bowl to promote Taylor Swift seemed to be totally okay with a much worse ham-handed sort of Tucker Carlson goes to Moscow. Yes.
0: Tucker Carlson is Tucker Carlson. He's desperate. Uh, I he, think. I think. I think we just need to be clear here. He's like he. He's he realizes that now that he is not on Fox News that he's becoming irrelevant, and so he's now having to stretch trying a little bit. anything. And, and so yeah.
1: Did, did you watch that interview with with Putin? I did not. Um, I have too much self respect. I uh, mean, <laughs> Putin started the interview by making fun of Tucker Carlson. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course he did. Essentially calling him a loser. Let's carry on and like. Yeah. And and it wasn't Tucker just there for the interview and left. No, he hung out. He yeah. hung out and like went shopping. Yes. And he was
0: amazed. Did you see his amazement? Yes. Um it delights me. Um he went to a grocery store in Russia and is like, "Okay, fine. Like you know, oh, is it going to be radically different from what we see in the U.S.? Like, now, I think there was some one thing that was interesting there was you saw plenty of American products which nominally aren't supposed to be there because of sanctions. So how did that get there? So that's interesting. But probably trade he was, he was uh, <laughs> astonished by the way shopping carts work there. And you're like, <laughs> oh, well, they have special shopping carts there? No. No, no. they don't. No, they're um, just shopping They have carts. a... A place where you can check out your shopping cart, and you have to return your shopping cart. Put a coin in an anti-theft system like what you see at the airport. Like, okay, fine. Amazed by that. Um, Also, that they had an escalator for the carts. Which, if you've ever been in a grocery store in the United States, pretty much these days, or or, an IKEA, or an IKEA, or any number of discount shopping stores, or like those are everywhere. So you kind of get this sense of like the degree of privilege he has. It's like the you know when a Ask a president what's the cost of milk, and they haven't been properly briefed, and they're like, "Oh, I assume it is thirty dollars, or I yeah. assume it is Eight fifteen cents. cents." It's like you know, like, like you have no idea. You've never you never looked well. Um, well, and his all of his money, he should know what
1: a grocery store is like because all of his money came from the frozen food section, yes, of the grocery store as part of the Swanson, not Ron, yeah, Empire, yeah. So unbelievable. And then he followed that on. I mean, the interview itself was fawning. I, I mean. Uh, it it was it was borderline pornographic the way that he was, uh, well we won't even say it. we're not going to go that far even though we're not bleeping things out that would have to be cut out. Yeah. That, later on, on his way home, he stopped to do an, uh, another interview as part of some conference, and it was after the Navalny news came out, and we'll talk about Navalny later. But he was asked about it, and, and asked like, well, why didn't you talk to Putin about? Human rights or free speech, and he's like, leaders have to kill people. That's just how it is. Leaders have to kill people.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, he's not entirely wrong. Like that—that that is a part of what usually happens as a president. Is you have to make decisions on, you know, are we invading this place? Are we not invading this place? Are we, you know, and, and sure. you know, all that sort of stuff. But like, there is a definitely a degree of difference between, uh, you know, that kind of part of the office thing and the just. You know, assassinating random opponents uh, that you just happen to not like uh, because you're not in a whole democracy jam. Uh, but, you know, Tucker Carlson, not al- also not into the democracy jam. So that's true. That's true. all fits. Um, so let's see. What do we want to do next? Um, want to talk about the Democrats? Yeah, there, I mean, <laughs> how they're talking about the election. So we're obviously we're, we're now in the year of the fuck. We're into 2024. Yeah, we're into it's going to be a crazy year. Uh, uh so there's lots going
1: on as, as John Stewart said when he got back onto the Daily Show yes the next 9 months are going to suck
0: yes and yeah. then went on to suggest you know or until the the coup is done you know so maybe longer than 9 months yeah um oh, yeah <laughs> so yeah um
1: and really you know the big problem that democrats have is just that Biden's old.
0: Well, I think it's two things. I think it is that it, it's that Biden's old, and I think it's easier to run a campaign against somebody when you're somewhat unknown, right? So, like Biden, like mm. people knew something about him, but they didn't never seen him as president. So they didn't know what decisions he'd make, what he what he yeah. would do, what he wouldn't do, and so there was a lot of open room to kind of fill it that in with your own mind. And now he's running against Trump, who's at least somewhat been out of the spotlight as much as you can ever get trump out of the spotlight and so at least some of that memory has faded about how awful he is to to voters now don't get me wrong in the next nine months we will be reminded very heavily about that so we will be that will definitely shape uh kind of what happens in the election but a couple things that have been kind of a big subject lately uh one is that clearly biden is a very very old so old so, so old. very old.
1: <laughs> um, and not in a good way. This is not one of
0: these like, oh, well, you know, it's well, he good wise he's got beyond his years. No, he's no, he's, no, he's, he's, just he's old. beyond his years. That's 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 the concern. Um, and the biggest thing that came up uh, in the last week or so was. Uh, Robert K. Hur, who is the special counsel uh, doing the investigation of Biden's uh, documents, the ones that he right. had uh, misplaced in his home. And they and, and let's remember that on these documents, like it was Biden's people reaching out proactively to the government to say, hey, we got a box of documents here. Do you right. want them back? And then, you know, in the interest of being unbiased and transparent about this. They have a special counsel come in and he right. does this investigation. And, and Robert Hur, we should note a couple things about him. So first of all,
1: uh, he was a political appointee by Donald Trump. Yes. So he was the... He, he was a the, Republican. Yep. The district attorney uh, in uh, Maryland appointed by Trump. He left after the Trump presidency and they, they asked him to come back to do yep. this. But he also had a big hand in... Some of the redactions of the Mueller report, he was consulted on that. So he's a political guy. Yes. Right? Like, just political guy, and that's and, good context and if, for... And if you look
0: at all of his conclusions of law and and what had happened, all of it is fairly straightforward and above board and basically says that Biden didn't do anything that was... Like, there's some... It, it, I mean, honestly, it kind of sounds a lot like what happened with Clinton uh, with the emails thing of, like, you know... Things were not done in the proper way, but there's nothing that we really can bring yeah. up legal charges on. But then he decides to sort of freelance a little bit and talk about the reason why he couldn't bring this up in court, why he couldn't prosecute Biden, was because he'd come off as a uh, what was the quote? I don't have the quote here, kind, but elderly, basically, a, yeah, it was like an elderly a old kind man, elderly man with a with a lack of memory or something to that effect. Um, and so, well, well, two. Well, okay. Could, well, but that yeah. wasn't actually his. Re- you know, he said there wasn't
1: sufficient evidence. Yes, to get a conviction. Yes, just straight up. And yeah. then there was the editorializing yes. on top of that. Yes, like, I wouldn't want to bring this case because, you know, I
0: would look like an asshole. So, he's officially trying to declare Biden is too old and infirm and all of that. Um, and so that's problem one. Problem two is Biden's reaction to this, where he has a this. He sees all this. He kind of i'm just gonna guess that any of the pr professionals in his orbit were telling him do not say anything do not go out there let's wait on this let's have a press conference tomorrow while we kind of form our message and he could not help himself and he had to go out there and be angry about all of this and ended up looking worse for it looked very defensive and uh
1: yeah, uh, you know, it's good, funny, I didn't plan. think it
0: looked that much worse. I,
1: I, I appreciated that he was like, why did he ask me about my son's death? What does that have to do with any of this? And
0: this is the thing, actually, if you, and I will say, like, the first part of it was actually fairly solid, and then he kind of kept going, and then that's where he started to run into problems. But yeah. um, I think it gets at a deeper problem, though, is that Biden comes into office, puts Merrick Garland in charge of Merrick Garland, yes, okay, I just want to make sure I got that name right, because I was like, no is that the is that the supreme Court guy no that's that's no it 's not a Supreme Court guy, yes, exactly
1: right. it's sort so, of a consolation prize for his treatment by Mitch McConnell and the Republicans during the Obama yes, administration, yes, absolutely, yeah,
0: he goes in, puts Merrick garland in charge of uh, the Department of Justice as kind of a seemingly a, a like an f you to the oh wait, I can say fuck you to the uh, To uh, McConnell. But ultimately, he was chosen as a more conservative nominee for the court as a compromise with Republicans. So he starts off by putting a guy who is more conservative and trying to play this like, look, the DOJ is very independent of us, et cetera, et cetera. And then that guy goes and puts a, a Republican political hack in charge as special counsel who then comes out with this shit. And so, like, I'm mad at Robert Herr but I'm actually more yeah. mad at Biden for and Democrats generally for continuing to fall into this trap of only Republicans can do the law shit like we can't do that well I, we can only trust them uh, to do that but it's it's a pretty
1: common practice in what in an administration if you're if you're you know, a Democrat it, it's a pretty common practice to have somebody that feels like they're from the other party as a special counsel in in okay. those situations.
0: But uh, look, well, no, let's press on pl- that. There, there were plenty way, of way, plenty way, of way, good way, Republicans way, way, way. that could. When was a Democrat putting a Republican, or when was a, Excuse me, a Republican putting a Democratic person in as a special counsel to investigate a Republican? Yes,
1: they don't. That's my point.
0: Yeah, it's fair. that's my point. It is a thing where Republicans don't care, and Democrats care way too much about the seemingly indi- the sure. seeming independence about it, and because they could have put. Biden could have put somebody who was a, an experienced attorney who was more liberal in that position. And, they, and whoever that was could have appointed somebody who was a Democrat who um, would have conducted the same thing. Now, would Republicans be like, oh, it's deep state, deep state? Yes. They're going to do that anyhow, so who yeah. cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyhow.
1: I mean, or at least appointed somebody who wasn't appointed to their past, last position by Donald Trump. Yes, yeah, look. Like right. <laughs> who
0: has, who has a clear conflict like, of like interest? H, like go back to H. W. Bush. Like we can be okay with yeah. that. Like somebody fairly old by this point, but you know, yeah, fine. But also, if they're fairly the old. Court. Also, if they're fairly old. May not judge his age quite as harshly. It it is true. Uh, <sighs> so uh, continuing on uh, immigration. Um, so let's let's recap for our audience. Uh, there was a desire to put out a bill that would fund Ukraine and Israel, and and Taiwan. At some point, yes. In some point, Biden suggested that the sweetener to get Republicans to do this funding, which they should want to do anyhow, right, um, was to uh, give them some of what they want on immigration. No, no, no. They said we will only
1: pass a bill if it includes specific things on immigration. OK,
0: my impression was Biden was the first one to suggest that as a possibility. But let's 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 leave that aside. Yeah. That became part of the discussion. Right. And so then we start talking about if a bunch of Republican, very strongly Republican positions on immigration becoming a compromise that yeah. we're making as part of this larger bill. So it all ends up like weird and that we're talking about um being aggressive on border controls and and all of that as part of a as part of the democratic immigration platform. Like it all right. just sounds really weird. It does. And, and I think and ultimately it feels weird. Yes. And ultimately what Democrats should be doing is talking about how this is a system problem. It is about the fact that we just do not have enough judges and right. lawyers should and all work? of that. We haven't put the funding in place because it isn't a problem that people are seeking asylum. It's a problem is that they seek asylum, and then it takes a long time to get their hearing done. And so in the meantime, we have to find somewhere for them to go because legally they're entitled to be here. But Democrats aren't pressing that point. Instead, they're making it about security, which plays to Republicans. Well, but I think what's happened in the last couple
1: of weeks, and I think that this will continue to be the cudgel that Democrats use is to say, look, the Republicans said this was a crisis. They're making a huge deal of it. Yeah. They have asked for certain things in a bill. We compromised and put those things in. So you can say it's not even us. Yeah. We were trying to compromise to get things done. And then the Republicans pulled the football away. And so they clearly don't want to solve the problem.
0: But who does that message work for? Is my question. Just needs to work for. About twelve percent of independents, and so that's the question, right? Is like, you know, if, are those independent voters going to look at it and say, "I want a stronger border," and Trump isn't helping, or are they going to say, "I think so," right? I don't. F- I, I think.
1: It, I think. <laughs> I think that there's a very clear message to say, like, "Hey, you, if it's really a crisis, if it is that important, yeah, then it shouldn't wait a year to fix." But if you can fix it now. But now Trump comes in, promising he's going to fix
0: it when he gets in. He's going to again. He's going to say the same things regardless. Right, right. But he has something to fix now because it's still broken. <laughs> but that's and that's yeah. exactly the cynicism yeah. and why. I mean, the, this the is the thing: is like cudgel that'll get it, used, right? It, and, and I think this is part of the challenge of the environment we work in: is that there's a very clear logic to Trump is sabotaging republican priorities in his own interest. That's very clear. Nobody watching Fox News is going to get that message. And 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 that's that's the hard thing about the way our politics works right now is how do you communicate a message that's going to cross over into that that little margin of con- more conservative voters and bring sure. them over to your side? All right. So that's uh that's uh that's my hot takes. I think but I'm out of hot takes now. Every every message has got a target audience,
1: <laughs> right? So those conservatives that are unsure about Trump, this isn't going to be the message. It's going to be the criminal message. Yes. Right? It's going to be, they're going to be in that 35 or 40 percent of Republicans who
0: said they won't vote for somebody who's convicted. Yeah. And that's the thing, right, is like how much all of the legal things weigh on Trump's, uh, uh, how people think of him, how much that, that, that is the biggest thing. And I can see a situation where he's found guilty, in which case I think it's fairly clear that he would be in a losing position at that point. Um, i could also see a situation where he's exonerated you know for whatever reason like you know i mean obviously once things get into court who the hell knows sure um and then which case that would help him um or we could have a hung jury and then who knows so like it's gonna be i hate that once again we're waiting on the legal system to try to fix a political problem
1: well and and maybe that's a good time to to pivot we were going to talk about um the second the second district in in New York and uh Santos's old district. Yes. Um that a democrat won by 8 points. Um Tom, Tom Swazi. Swazi. Yes. So Tom Swazi actually running on some of those kind of a little more conservative immigration messages as his test balloon and abortion rights. So great. Um 16 point swing. So Santos won somehow by 8 points. Yes. And the Republican lost by 8 points. Yes. Yeah. Um, huge swing there uh, brings the Republican majority down to three doesn 't really matter because they can 't run anything um, but you know the, a good test balloon uh, for those uh, for those messages and speaking of balloons uh, Santos wasn't able to participate in the election because he was testing out his new balloon technology on the moon, uh, which he hopes <laughs> to bring to market next year <laughs> uh, according to his yes. twitter um, but but the the side thing about the not side thing, but the 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 point about Trump's legal problems is a good segue into all of the shit that's gone down in the last two weeks. Yes,
0: around all of those cases. Right, and I have been wondering, like, does a fine in a civil fraud trial hurt Trump in the same way that a conviction in a criminal trial would? And I don't think it does, but it but it does. It have an effect. Is you know how much that effect is?
1: Well, and. You know, and so what we got from uh, Judge Engoron, Justice Engoron, um, this week was the final judgment in this civil fraud brought by Letitia James, um, that essentially said, "Look, you have defrauded the people of New York for a number of years, and uh, you've earned about three hundred and fifty million dollars more than you should have." By lying about a number of things. And we've talked about it, and there's great analysis out there. Uh, The Midas Touch Network has done some great stuff on it. If you look at uh, Clean Up an Isle 45, um, that's got a a, a lot of great stuff on it. I mean, other people have broken it down in in much more detail. Um, But the big thing there is the money, right? So it's the $350 million plus interest, interest which uh-huh. i love it's like and and each thing it's 9% interest and each crime each instance of fraud has a different start point to calculate that from.
0: Yeah, so I think it came out to more like four hundred million when you did all the math. But it's uh, something it's like a, that. It's an absurd amount of money. It's um, an absurd amount of money. And so, so there's been a lot of speculation. If you look, is like about like how much cash on hand does Trump actually have? He can't use campaign funds for right. The, he can use it for his legal fees. He can't use it for the actual uh, for this funds. or for the
1: Eugene Carroll
0: yes. settlement. Yes, or, yes. A, which is award. another
1: large chunk of money. million, give or take, right? So, Yeah. So it's adding up, people. That money has to be put into escrow, or he has to
0: find somebody who's willing to give him a bond. Yeah. And keeping in mind, for that bond, uh, he can't get a loan from any bank in the state of New York. It is absolutely
1: (laughs) true. Can't do business. He can't be on the board or be an officer of any business doing real estate in the next three years. Yeah. in the state of New York. Yes.
0: Also, uh, if you are in the bond business, I would not take no. him up on this. It's not a, not a good uh, his history is Not so good. Not a good place. Uh, so I mean,
1: there's you know five hundred million dollars sitting out there that he's got to either put into escrow, yeah, or essentially it's, get it is bonded no longer a liquid
0: it. asset for him, right? And, and
1: so, and it's not just the five hundred because you also have to gross that up by ten to twenty percent while you appeal
0: because that interest continues to accrue it yeah. continues to compound and and there's a few layers to this right because like that's you know okay how much money does he have liquid and can he afford that plus he's trying to run a presidential campaign if he tries to sell assets to pay for this the commercial real estate market which is where he's all invested not so great right, right. now. And so
1: those have to go through the monitor of the organization yes Uh uh, former Judge Barbara Jones, yes, who really got the short end of this stick, honestly, because she's stuck there for another three years,
0: right? Which means when he's going to make that sale, and he's trying to, you know, and they're trying to do a valuation on the property, it'll actually be real instead of his usual bullshit, right? So, and there's a certain just downside of just the, that mark to market is because until he does that, it's a has a nominal value that he can claim whatever he wants. Once he tries to actually sell it. Then we get to find out what it's really worth, and that could hurt him hugely. Well, and and
1: anybody, if you're a good salesperson, you know when the other person is hurting. Uh-huh. You think somebody's going to walk in and take sticker price? Oh, no. As
0: they said in King of the Hill, sticker price is sucker price. Well, although... You've got all the leverage. W- let, me, let me throw you a little pivot on that, though. Uh, if I was somebody... In a foreign government who want to uh, have a tremendous amount of influence uh, with a possible future president, this would be a very easy way for me to bribe that person without actually d- contributing yes. illegally. So the to Saudis a are going all these buildings, yeah. Um, yeah. Which leads us to <laughs> if they night- happen to control a sovereign wealth fund, yes, exactly. Um, yeah,
1: uh, look, but we we almost ran out with the two billion we gave this guy's son-in-law. Uh, <laughs> that moves us into the criminal world, though. So starting with the New York, you know. I, it's, it's really interesting how people have described this. So, hush money payments or, you know, this is...
0: This is the Stormy Daniels thing, the Stormy, right? Stormy right? Daniels
1: yep. felony f- uh, falsification of business records to
0: influence the election. Right. Um, and, and, this and that's the thing news. that's so funny about it is it's like it's not the actual payment itself. It's how the payment was done that is the problem. Right. <laughs> and... What's really amazing about this, what what
1: we need to to keep in mind is, like, because we've had delays in all the federal trials, this state trial is moving forward. Yeah. And it's going to start on March 25th. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge. He's going to be the first president ever to face criminal charges. Yes. He will be in court on March
0: 25th. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Unless, of course, you know, he gets immunity. It won't matter. This oh. is New York. Oh, that's a point. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. He's screwed. Uh, he's pretty screwed. <laughs> he's pretty screwed on that.
1: <laughs> now, the immunity issue is still up in D.C. in the January 6th trial, um, where the uh, the appellate court, the, the second circuit, oh, no. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, <laughs> ruled unanimously against Donald Trump in the... Absolute immunity. What was really interesting, though, is they wrote it in a way that said, actually, he, was at, he said that presidents deserve this huge, broad immunity for anything that's inside of the bounds of their role. They can do all these things. And they wrote their opinion to say, we don't know about all that. But we do know that he's not immune from the alleged activities in the complaint. Yeah, which is really important. And it sounded a little like unfrozen caveman lawyer, right? He's like, I don't know about <laughs> that. But what I do know is that you can't do that yeah. thing. Well,
0: and, it, and, and overall, it just sounds like a narrow ruling is like, we're not going to deal with the rest of this BS. We're going to deal with like this specific thing. And right. we're saying, no, that's not, you, that, you can't get yeah. immunity on and, that.
1: And what's really important about that is that, you know, now there's all this legal maneuvering. About with the Supreme Court to either stay the the current proceedings because the Judge Chutkins uh, work can't continue while this stays in place. Um, so Trump's team has asked the Supreme Court to kind of broaden it, and, you know, put everything in hold, keep everything from from moving forward. But the way they wrote that order, it feels like it was done to give the Supreme Court the ability to just say, "We're not, yeah." That that ruling was good. It was narrow. There's no reason for the
0: Supreme Court to take this up, yeah, because it, it's not. They didn't as bring broad. up a broader issue. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. Just so I'm clear, um, that's applying to all of the cases that are currently in uh, against Trump in federal court, or is that just no? Jan- it's okay. Just so then, 6th so month. so then nominally they would also have to adjudicate this again potentially for uh, like the the, the in documents in trial Florida, in Florida. Florida. So. Uh, Trump's lawyers have circuit.
1: said that's the Eleventh Circuit. Trump's lawyers have said they may bring the immunity defense up later, but it's weird and it's different because all of the crimes alleged happened after he was president. Yeah, so it's a, it's not really the same, right? So, um,
0: it's but it's they'll a, do it anyhow just to, to throw oh, sand just in a delay. the delay. It yeah. doesn't. I mean, that's. I mean, ultimately, all of this is less about protecting him. I mean I'll, they'd love it if that happened, but it's really about throwing that sand in the gears yeah, and making it take absolutely. longer as, as I, possible. I will say this
1: about the all star team that Trump's got working for him. They started their brief to the Supreme Court with a Yogi Berra quote. <laughs> it's deja vu all over again.
0: Like uh uh-huh. uh-huh. Really guys? Yeah. This is the
1: best you got? Yeah. And that's the best one you got? Like
0: I, Couldn't couldn't go with like Robert Frost or no, uh you know nothing.
1: And we'll see as we <laughs> As we you know, continue on down, we've got interesting culture quotes woven into several legal things. Um, Florida, as we said, is kind of moving in this weird, weird way with classified documents and
0: Judge Cannon making rulings that don't seem to make sense to anybody but her. Yeah, I mean, I, and the thing that's annoying is, like, I feel like that is the most clear-cut case, but just because they drew the wrong judge... Yeah, it's a problem. And, and and what's worse is that if ultimately because of how she runs that trial, he is found innocent, they can't retry him. They can't no. just say, oh, she ran it wrong. We need to do this again because that would be double jeopardy and he can't do that. So uh, we could be screwed on that one regardless of how good the evidence is. But, you know, we shall see. But here was my favorite. You know, Georgia has not been
1: moving partially because there's this big... Motion from the defense, several of the defense folks, to get rid of Fonnie Willis and her lead uh, prosecutor, Nathan Wade, because they were having some kind of relationship. Right. And I'll tell you, look, that feels bad. I I don't. That feels like not great judgment. I don't know any of the legal the, the legal ramifications here.
0: But, but, like, what it ha- would have to do at all with anything that's going on with Trump is, like, compl- like, uh, yeah. I cannot connect these dots.
1: Their <laughs> like. dots are something like, well, you know, the special prosecutor is being paid, and Fannie Wills made the decision to, you know, to hire him, and they're going on trips together, and so she's benefiting from the work that he's doing. So they are incentivized in drawing this out yeah. as long as possible. Okay. Um, sure. So they've had these hearings— and Fonnie Willis was. They had subpoenaed her and they were fighting that subpoena. And then she just said, fuck it. I'm going to testify. And this should just be a segment. Don't fuck with Fannie, Because she got up on that stand and she abused the hell out of those attorneys, those defense attorneys. Yeah. She was confident. She knew her stuff. She it's like was she does very this for a clear. <laughs> yes. Like I said, it's a bad look. Yeah. I, I don't understand the legal. Things I I honestly believe that you should go out of your way if you're Vonnie Willis to to avoid anything that could you know derail the most important case of your career. 100%. Now, do I think she's being persecuted because she's a black woman? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I ah, yeah. it's so. It's so bad on so many levels. Here was the other thing, though, that I really appreciated about the case. The the prosecutors brought a witness who was a former governor of Georgia, who they had asked before Nathan Wade to have his position. And the guy said, why would I do that? I would have death threats for the rest of my life because of the crazy people on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean— that is really really telling. It's not that she went out and tried to get Nathan Wade initially and this was going to be the thing and it's like no no she tried lots of other people and they turned her down because they're afraid. Yeah. And that is That's how something, we works, all, everybody. Yeah, something we should all Yeah.
0: something we should all keep in mind. Um so so that's kind of the update on the Trump legal situation. Um but you know, I you, you have to appreciate Trump not letting a, a, an opportunity pass him right. by Well here. he's gotta raise a lot of money. He's gotta raise a lot of money. He started to go fund me for the three hundred and fifty five million dollar Right. Okay, sure. You could do that. A, you could do that, that or eighty two thousand dollars if you if you wanted to help him. You could uh, purchase a pair of Trump sneakers. Never surrender. Never is the name of them. surrender Sneakers. How much do those cost? Uh, they are a mere four hundred dollars a pair. Wow. Okay, hold on. I can't do the math here. How how many does he need to sell? He would need to sell eight hundred seventy five thousand shoes to cover his three hundred fifty million dollar bill. What kind of margin? Oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm not accounting that? for taxes in here, so it'd probably be so. He'd be He's more not going the but taxes we're just anyway. Straight math there. Um, plus, he'd probably run it through a tax haven. So who knows? Um, They're Irish shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and once again, I think about this and like, how many shoes do they need in Saudi Arabia? Just saying, like you know, just saying. Everybody, yeah.
1: everybody needs a pair of shoes. Yeah. So, so he announced these at SneakerCon in yes. Philly. Yes. The audience was, to put it lightly, not receptive. No. I mean, I think he's lucky they didn't have batteries.
0: I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like it's Philly, right? Like they could have gone outside
1: if it were snowing grabbed snow put batteries in it and brought him back in but it was yeah it was pretty savage yeah it was pretty savage he looked like an idiot yeah
0: as he should have as he should have for selling he, gold sneakers he is an idiot of course they're gold what other color would they be if they're trump sneakers i actually haven't orange. seen the sneakers but no oh well honestly i think his orange is trying to be gold he just can't do gold like i see orange uh, is the new gold yeah. So anyhow, um, this all makes me want to drink another beer. So I think I'm going to pause here and do exactly that. The
1: pause that refreshes. That's right. And we're back. We're back, everybody. We hey, have can we beer. check in on my friends at Project Veritas? Well,
0: Wait actually, I think we to talk about beer first, man. Let's go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Got, you're right. There's right. an order of operations. This I'm thing, sorry. So, I'm so. sorry. You're As right. E.J. mentioned at the beginning, this is our first time coming to Illuminated, and this is a very cool space. Um, it very much reminds me of the space that uh, Empirical used to have. Yeah, Like the same kind of like nerdy edge to it, kind of a little like darker, kind of like I'm drinking in somebody's garage vibe to it. I'm sure these garage doors open up in yeah. the summer. When in a, a good when way. When the weather's right? nice. Like this yeah, is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like your friend's little pirate brew lab that he set up uh uh, you know, if you have friends who are like that, which I don't, but I imagine they'd be cool. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> they have the the Cthulhu country flag up, which I really appreciate. Yes. Yes. They have um, some, yeah,
0: some beautiful, yeah. And so it was like an uh, an Illuminati conspiracy theory kind of thing. I bit of a cult. A a dash that has of a, a cult ticker on it that just says Clatu Barata Nicto. Uh, you know, it's it's delightful, is what I'm saying. So, how's your beer? Um, it's really good. So I started
1: with uh, a beer called beer here now uh which is a great very descriptive name um a double dry hop double ipa as i'm want to do um really really tasty good kind of citrusy um refreshing not so heavy uh really nice and then i moved on to a lager which is which is good it's a good solid lager um they have a bunch of beers on here that i just can't drink because i have to get home And they're in that
0: ten to thirteen percent. Yeah, like I was looking at the cult beer, which is a ten percent stout with cocoa, cinnamon, marshmallow, and guajillo chilies, which sounds right up my alley. But um, I was in Vegas last week. My liver needs a little bit of a break, so uh, instead, I started with their cherry brainwash, which is still a seven percent sour ale, but quite good. And then sessionable. uh, Sessionable indeed. And now I'm drinking that trust lager, and uh, it is I, I trust quite it. good. It's a very little, good. A little on the happy side to my taste, yeah. but that's just how I jam, uh, but still a perfectly delightful representation of the styles. So. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: so this place is up on Northwest Highway. So let's say you live in the northern suburbs, Northwest, like, oh, this is maybe a little closer to It's not as close as I, you know like some of the breweries uh, to be because it takes a little longer to get to. But I, I would definitely
0: recommend this to anybody in the city. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like checking this out in the summer would be cool. I will say, though, finding the place is a little, it's in a kind of a weird corner of a, like there's like a, a, a car, car, wash, car wash. The Norwood like Park car wash. So look for a car wash, park your car on the street somewhere near yeah. the car wash, and then you'll figure it out. And
1: there's a wine store next door as well yes yes and so it's just a single door you'll see the sign it says brewery and tap room there's a pride flag you come on in and it opens up in that sort of mid-century modern compression and expansion into this occult themed space which i i could just spend a lot of time here the music has yes. been
0: great a lot of a lot of punk uh a lot of rock it's been good it's been good really love it really so. love it Now that we've done that, what was it you want to talk about? My friends at Project Veritas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, what's going on with them. So uh, I assume because they are Project Veritas, they are sharing more truth with us.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Lots of of truths. Lots of truths. So um, in Georgia right now, there's a lawsuit going on brought by uh, the organization True the Vote. Pregnant pause for you to... Just assume that that's a complete lie. Um, talking about how all the machines are bad, like all the election, not that the last election was stolen, but look how vulnerable it is. And a big part of their evidence they pointed to was, you know, some of the ballot stuffing, some of the, you know, mail-in ballot, you know, the reports by people saying, like, we saw big trucks of ballots that were going you know, go through. Them. And it was all things by Project Veritas which spawned this whole set of lawsuits, but also spawned that movie from Dinesh D'Souza, 2,000 Mules. And so Project Veritas was called in to testify here in this case. Yes.
0: At which point they said, it's all bullshit. Oh. No, we oh. don't have any
1: proof Weird. whatsoever.
0: So when called to uh, into a position where lying would put them in legal liability, they're like, yeah, we were lying. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and uh, this rec- this is fresh in my memory just because um, I've got uh, uh, training coming up again for the election that's coming up in March. We've got our primary here. And I uh, just want to reinforce that having worked as an election judge, uh, it's a lot harder to sc- corrupt that system than people uh, give it credit for. Lots of personal liability if things are wrong. Lots of tracking of what's tagged and who has access to what and for how long do they have access to the thing. And, uh it would be a tremendous pain in the ass uh, to do any kind of corruption with that unless you were upping at a very high level of the government.
1: I I mean, the thing that gets me about all of this is that everybody talks, right? Like, I got to tell you, if somebody brought me into a a nationwide conspiracy to flip votes in seven states to make sure that Biden won and I'm supposed to do some low-level shit to... You know, stuff some ballots or things like there is no way I'm making it through four years without telling somebody. Right. There's absolutely no way because I'm like, yes, we right. did that. Yes. Right. Like, and, and that would be the case for any big conspiracy. Yes. The only time you've heard about actual election interference, the conspiracy were six people and two of them talked. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like when we look at that case down in South Carolina, like that's just how it works. Yeah. Like there is no deep state we're all too disorganized and dumb to have a deep state not just democrats like democrats right, and republicans right right we're just extra like, disorganized yeah, but the <laughs> average smarter
0: but less organized the average person <laughs> is still average yes and, and we can't all keep a secret. and we all have this fundamental desire to to show how we're the cool insider like it's just like absolutely like, oh i know a thing and and you know hey like some people are better at, sharing, at keeping things to themselves than others but but once you hit a scale, this is like—it's a totally unrelated thing, and I'm not going to give all the details of it. But basically, there's a thing where, like, if you took a random group of ten people, one of them's probably going to be an asshole. <laughs> like, one of them is probably going to tell your secret. You know, it's just like—it's just like you're just dealing with yeah. the breadth of human ability and yeah. and behavior, and at some point, it's not going to work out. Super. So. so, okay, so FCC, you wanted to talk about
1: AI. Our new AI Yes, overlords. our new AI
0: overlord. So as you know, if you've been following the podcast, we've been bringing more AI into controlling our uh, messaging to you. Um, and so far, it hasn't really uh, done much, but it might someday. Uh, the thing that I think is more interesting right now is that, uh, if you recall from previous episodes, there was a robocall involving Joe Biden's voice. And so they simulated his voice and called a bunch of people. Now, it was not a particularly great simulation no. when you actually hear what it sounded like, but... This led it the was FCC, funny. <laughs> it was funny. And this led the FCC to uh, banning the use of AI-generated robocalls, which makes all the sense in the world. Um, now, how they're going to track people down and, and all of that, that will get very interesting. Um, you know, can you just have people robocalled from another country? Uh, I there's, mean, <laughs> There's lots of ways you can do this without uh, really running into issues. But... It's a good move, and, and hopefully that uh, keeps that to a minimum. Um, sure. Yeah. With AI video generation that came out this week, which yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. This, sure this is why we go drink. Well.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think we should talk a little bit about some, you know, so the labor movement across the country, right? So um, I, I think we're, we're going to do a tale of two two sides of this. One, you know, obviously labor unions have had a bit of a. Uh, A bit of a thing for the last year, which has been great. Um, Michigan this week, yes, Michigan, the feelings forever, um, became the first state to repeal all of the heavy air, quote, right to work laws. Like, great win in Michigan. But at the same time, we have stuff going on from Every hipster's favorite grocery store, Trader Joe's.
0: Yeah, and and to be clear, Trader Joe's is not the only one involved in this lawsuit. Uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX is part of it, Amazon, Trader Joe's, are suing the National Labor Relations Board. And so basically challenging the constitutionality of the board. And so... And, and, you know, we've talked recently about how the NLRB has been changing some of the rules about how unions organize and things like that. And this seems to be somewhat of a strike back against that. Um, And ultimately, if the NLRB isn't constitutional, the ability to have any sort of rules to protect union organizing go out the window. And as much as these extreme capitalists think that's a good idea for them, in the long run what that leads to is everything's a wildcat strike. Everything is out of control. And and if you look at our labor history in this country, like it was pretty violent in a, in a way that it wasn't as much in other countries. <laughs> and the so, Pinkertons like, like, have entered the chat. Yeah. There is a lot of reason why you should have those kinds of controls in it because ultimately what, what a labor union is trying to do is democratically represent their union members. Now does it always do that? Are there flaws with various unions? Yes. Some are be- better than average. But, like, ultimately, that's a human organization. Human organizations yeah. have flaws in them. That is one. It sometimes has flaws in it. But not having that legal structure around it actually will make things worse for everybody. First for workers, but eventually when we all get our guillotines out for the uh, for the capitalists as well. Wow. Um, it's funny. I was on a work call uh, this
1: last week, and With uh, a client I can't name, and I had said something about we were talking about how the data is all structured in a way that's hierarchical, and I'm like, which makes it so much harder to deal with, because I'm like, we all know that you know dealing with this like hierarchies are evil, and there was a brief pause, and then somebody's like, as a hardcore socialist, I couldn't agree more, and I was like, (laughs) I don't know what to do with this line, (laughs) I don't, I don't, so I had some cake.
0: <laughs> um, can we check in on the states a little bit too sure so we still have 50 right yeah we still okay. have. that's is, cool is, is, anything I mean, else uh, yeah
1: <laughs> i i there are a couple things one really sad and one funny so texas and i and, and i need to bring this up i feel the need to call out the just anti-woman policies of every Quote, unquote, conservative or, quote, unquote, Christian state. Yes. So in Texas, if you give somebody a MapQuest link to an abortion clinic in another state, you could be sentenced to 10 years or 50 years in prison. If you perform an abortion and ask for abortion, 100 years in prison, an attorney in Texas tried to force an abortion on his wife by his ex-wife by spiking drinks he was giving her beverages not alcoholic drinks with abortion drugs okay essentially he got probation <laughs> jesus christ right <laughs> Ugh it is it is this thing that I don't understand because because that makes it clearly not about the children it makes it about
0: controlling it makes it about women. control
1: yeah right um and it's the same you know in my mind it's the same vein that says we're gonna raise you know fifteen million dollars to put two commercials about Jesus on the Super Bowl instead of helping people, yeah right yeah like it's the
0: same it's you the know, same vibes that whole thing, man like it, uh, if that organization, I've I'm completely got, I'm going completely tangential from our script here, right? Sure, like I Like if that it. organization that was doing those ads was genuinely embracing the message that they were advertising, I actually wouldn't have that much of a problem with. Right. It. Like I mean, yeah, like okay, where are you spending your money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're not. Like yeah, this is exactly. an anti-LGBT, oh, anti-abortion. Like, like they are. Like, like it, 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 it would. It, in the realm of, like, Jesus and the Bible, whatever, they be the Pharisees. they be the ones who are having their, their tables overthrown in the temple. Like, that's like, that, yeah. they're that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm not—and look, I'm an atheist. I was raised Protestant. I, I've read a good bit of this. Hell, in my English class, I read the Old Testament. Like, we read the entire Old Testament as literature, or at least the the good parts of it. Um, yeah, this <laughs> All right. <sighs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just. I'm yeah, just exactly. Mut- but I'm just let's go to the funny state story, yeah, which yeah, is Hawaii.
1: And I love Hawaii. I've not been there. I you pandemic can take your scrubbed that. I've yeah. And
0: wish everybody an aloha. <laughs> I would love to go to Hawaii. Sorry. The Hawaii Supreme <laughs> Court
1: recently said look, we're going to restrict gun access, and everybody making, you know, sort of references to the second amendment should recognize that that thing is way out of date and then they decided to quote the classic show The Wire by saying the thing about the old days they the old days <laughs> yes Just yes chef's kiss uh-huh. on that. chef's kiss and I don't know why I take offense to Trump's lawyers quoting Yogi, B- Yogi Berra in going to the Supreme Court of the United States,
0: but I think the Hawaii oh, Supreme Court. Oh, this Court is easy. This is easy. Yogi Berra is a dated reference. The wire is actually fairly modern, so it's just like you know, it's 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 not. Uh, Yogi it's is not that the, you're the old thing. It's just the quality of the material you're delivering, right? It's like you know, I like comedy. There are good com- comedians and there are bad comedians, right? Like Yogi Berra quotes, eh. especially deja vu all over again. I mean, that's like. Like I didn't even know it was Yogi Berra. To be honest, it's yeah. just like it's it that old. It's just dumb sort of enough like, to be Yogi Berra. Yeah, right. You supposed to be talking about picnic baskets
1: and shit. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's move outside of our own borders.
0: Yes, and right into space—the <laughs> final frontier. Uh, yeah. So uh, apparently, Russia was looking at launching nukes into space, space but. Uh, and that's the big headlines you saw, but apparently what it ultimately was was talking about Russia having an interest in anti-satellite technology, Right, having nukes in orbit as part of an anti-satellite weapons system was where that was going. Anti-satellite weapons are not a new thing. We have them in our arsenal. Like, you know, there's a general convention to not do that because when you bl- start blowing up satellites, uh, there's just a, it, there's a lot of reasons why it all goes very poorly sure
1: <laughs> and and of course uh, the ranking member or the the chair of the intelligence committee in the house was like oh my god we got to tell the people about this we got to yeah. tell them about it in a way that's calming let's call it a grave national security <laughs> threat without giving any details
0: cuz it's classified right <sighs> like yeah let's fear fear we need more fear yeah. can we have more fear like guys like it's not urgent a, um but you were talking about yeah. that being a great quote from this whole it, it did experience, lead to so. the,
1: maybe the best moment in the history of news conferences so you know the white house has got a news conference about they have a general up there and somebody asks so he explains the whole thing this is what why what it is and what we're worried about somebody's like so is this like a golden eye kind of situation where we have to worry about th-? and he looks at him the general looks at this reporter and pauses and he's like, I don't know how to respond to that, but I guess we'll just have to
0: live and let die. <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> moves into the next thing and I was <laughs> like <laughs> And by the way, if you're the script writer for Goldeneye, how how pleased are you right now? I mean, just, just uh, really thank you. Thank you for treating that with the right level of <laughs> the level of seriousness gravity. it clearly deserved. Um and keeping on the Russia topic, uh, we have Alexei Navalny, uh, who died recently of quote unquote sudden death syndrome. I mean, which is something I thought only existed in football. Uh, but apparently, that's a thing, but I'm, it's not. I got to say, even calling it died, I mean, he was
1: murdered at the Arctic Wolf Penal Colony. He was out for a walk, and then he came in and he died. He yes. just fell over and died. Suddenly. Suddenly. According. So Putin, I mean, Putin's got a great track record uh, of telling the truth about killing people.
0: You know, and, and, and uh, normally might, might go to the polonium uh, thing, you know, do the more the slow death. No, here it's just like, no, no, he's just going to die. Um, so there you go. And uh, Putin is due for re-election to uh, lifetime leader again shortly. So uh, another six-year term, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's, that sucks that Navalny uh, is, is, has been killed. Um, I don't know what the political implications are from there. Obviously, Putin feels that he's comfortable doing something. Sure. Why so wouldn't he? That's Yeah. And I well, guess that's the question. But. Well,
1: and then, so in the immediate aftermath of that, two, two points I'd like to make. One is, uh, in a press conference about it, Biden, who they claim has a terrible memory— was asked, like, well, didn't you say that if Putin did something and killed Navalny, there would be repercussions? And he immediately turned around and said, that was three years ago. So, uh, he does no dates, and he explained in very specific detail why there have already been consequences for Putin. And Donald Trump has said absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, like, like, guys, this is a thread, and we're we we kind of skipped over, we skipped over something that is really important, um, and that is that is the recent arrest of Alexander Smirnov, who was an FBI informant and the main source of the quote unquote evidence that has led to the impeachment investigation in the House of Biden. So here's a guy who came out of nowhere and said, like, oh, yeah, I know that Burisma was trying to go public in the U.S. to get into the energy market. So they gave five million dollars apiece to Hunter Biden and and Joe Biden, like, you know, did an affidavit. It's in an FBI form. It's this thing that's been trumpeted by, you know, Comer and Jim Jordan constantly this guy was out of the country he came back into the country into las vegas last week and he was arrested because that was all made up yeah he
0: falsified that whole thing so and 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 once again everybody if you're asked to tell something to the fbi don't lie because that is actually a crime but this is just the thread here yeah from tucker carlson
1: to smirnoff who is In prison on ice, or, you waiting.
0: I loved his humor about Soviet Russia, though. So,
1: yeah. To Trump not saying anything about Putin killing Navalny. Yeah. It is clear what's important to Republicans, which is apologizing or making Russia great again.
0: Well, and if you, you can draw a very direct line through our electoral politics for... I mean, going back through 2016 and further back where, you know, we've had all this stuff around Ukraine and, you know, yeah. where were the, I mean, where were the email servers that were supposedly having emails? Oh, that's in Ukraine. Like all of this shit all goes back to that that Cold War fight between the U.S. and Russia over mm-hmm. over Ukraine and on some level Europe in general. Well, um, and
1: if you heard Putin's, interview he was talking about how poland forced the nazis to fight yeah i mean so so republicans echoing these talking points is should be terrifying to people and should be terrifying to people who you know if you're reagan republicans you know like you know mr gorbachev tear down that wall kind of people
0: like this should be really troubling but somehow it's not and, like, like, let's be clear, like, we are in a war with Russia. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like it's not a hot war where Russian yeah. troops are fighting U.S. troops and, and all of that directly. But, like, we are very much in a, like, f- trying to influence political systems, all of what's yeah. going on in Ukraine, like, which is a proxy of all this, like, and then other facets of this. Like, it is a thing that is going on. And I keep thinking, like, all these people who are effectively taking the side of Russia in this. I mean, and so on the same topic, Starlink. So you remember yeah. back in the early days of, of um, you know, what was going on with Ukraine and Russia, like Ukrainian troops were using Starlink and, and, and Musk was providing Starlink access to Ukraine and then cut it off at one point um, because of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now, apparently, it turns out that Russians have been buying Starlink up, uplink things, devices, yeah. modems, I don't know what they are. Um, Flat panel satellite. Yeah. Thanks. so basically they've been buying those and they are using starlink inside of ukraine to help them and it's like you can't cut them off like you seem to be able to cut off ukraine's use of it why aren't you cutting off russia's use of it because you're on the wrong fucking side like i mean (laughs) i mean at what point do we just like start acknowledging the fact that like there are people who are actively being traitors to this country Right in plain view, yeah. Ah, uh, so anyhow, <laughs> let's switch to Chicago. Let, let, let's have a sip of beer. Yeah, let's, let's have, have a sip of beer. Of beer. Let's let's toast to to Something. America. In all of so its weirdness, what, what you never um, see is
1: when when Steve and I are doing the podcast. We have our laptops in front of us and we're running through the running through our scripts and you know ignoring them mostly. But I see the back of Steve's laptop and it is something that is really for me inspirational every time. <laughs> There's a sticker that just says unfucking the republic. Yes, which is another podcast, by the way. You should check them out. Uh, yes, you should check them out. And it just reminds me what we're all trying to do as we're still trying to unfuck the things that have happened yes. and prevent further fuckery. Yes. There's also a I poop on anti vaxxer sticker which I do <laughs> chuckle about. A,
0: a little bit of a political history here. I got I yeah. got a got a Wagner's uh mm-hmm. sticker. Uh, let them eat crudite. Uh, several voted stickers, and I've got my 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 little thing that is little sticker I got when I got my second COVID booster uh, to finally get uh, COVID resistant. Uh, so that sure. I felt like I was worth worth keeping. Anyhow. Total sidetrack. What's going on uh, in, uh, here?
1: <laughs> All right. So, look, we're uh, Chicago's primaries are coming up. They're in March. Lots of activity going I need on. To get that on my calendar because I will be not be at work. Right? You will not be at I'll work. Be. You're going to be an election judge. That's right. Um. So uh, it, there are lots of races, and we will cover them. We will do a Chicago. What's going on? We'll talk about the 20th uh, Senate District <laughs> Senate race, which is a knife fight. Um, meet the new machine, same as the old machine, which is it. Really, it's a it's a clash of new and old machines. We'll talk about some of the judicial races, which are kind of interesting. Uh, we'll talk about the clerk of the count the county court, which is a super interesting race, really really interesting race, and also related to the 20th district. I'm just building all that up. It's going to be great. Um, but we've had. You know, a couple things actually happen here in Chicago. Um, so one thing that's going to be on the ballot is this measure called Bring Chicago Home. So in Chicago, for those of you who don't know or haven't bought a house here, when you're buying a house, you pay a transfer tax or the, the transfer stamps, they sometimes call it. And it essentially says you're going to pay X number of dollars per $10,000 of the the transaction amount, and it usually adds up to a, a few thousand dollars that you're paying as part of the transaction. Um, I remember when I bought my first house here, I was like, "What is this bullshit?" Uh, but I paid it because I wanted to buy the house yeah um,
0: it all sort of fits in your just just general like closing costs and all that yeah stuff. yeah, yep. it just yep, kind of yep.
1: gets wrapped up in there but the there is a proposal out there that essentially would change the structure of that to charge transactions that are greater than a million dollars more and less than a million dollars less and take the difference in revenue generated from those transactions and put it into a fund specifically to deal with homelessness. And it would probably be about $100 million. That was the projection. Who knows? Um, now, the way that state law works... Uh, the city council can't make that change on their own. They could either push it to the people in a referendum or it could be done by the state legislature. The state legislature wasn't going to do it. It is now in the hands of the people. It's going to be on the the ballot. Um, And the way that this is all going to work ostensibly is that um, there will be a a period of time where people can be nominated to be part of the board that makes a decision about how these funds are dispersed. And then the mayor will pick from that group of people
0: to put people on the board, and then they'll choose how to do it. It's a little murky. If well, I'm, and I will say, honest. ultimately, all money is fungible, right? So if we if we if we take in money from one thing, that allows us to reduce the amount of money we put into something. Well, so but, so like uh, the idea is that it's supposed to be
1: only the amount that's above what's currently collected. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, m- anyhow, money is fungible. Um, it's a really interesting thing, and I wanted to ask you about this because, like, a hundred million dollars at the end of the day is not a lot of money um, for the number of homeless that we have in in Chicago. But and and like I I look at the the sort of situation around it, and I'm like, ah, that feels a little undefined for how I like money spent. But what what are your what's your take well, on that? And that so idea? I think it's
0: important to note that like. The way this is, because it is setting it up as a progressive tax, what you see is any property sold for less than a million dollars, you would actually see a decrease in this tax for you, which would cover it's the a fee, m- it's I, not a tax. I, yeah, sure, um, <laughs> but whatever that is, uh, you would see a reduction if you yep. have a if your sale is under a million dollars. If it's over a million dollars, you would see an increase, okay, and a graduated increase. Yes, and a graduated increase at that. Um, as far as the amounts and all that like I think I guess part of me is has an anxiety around how how much we are trying to create this notion of we still have this philosophy that cutting taxes is a good thing. I mean, and like like baked into anything even if it's coming from a left perspective or a liberal perspective, you're still trying to suggest, oh, we aren't going to raise taxes on most people, just these people, and we're going to reduce your taxes. Like, how about we have everybody paying, and, and you know, I think you need yeah. to have a progressive tax rate, obviously. I say obviously, although many people don't seem to get that. But, like, that's the thing I got a little bit of an issue with. But, I mean, I think $100 million a year going toward, if it's dedicated to fighting homelessness, yeah. I think is good. Ultimately, what it comes down to is, Decreasing the cost of real estate, and the challenge is, is if some people have real estate as an investment and other people need it as a place to live, it's always going to be intention. And I don't know how you fix that. Yeah, that's true. And and just the the details here is,
1: right now, under a sale under a million dollars, well, all sales are 075 percent. Yeah, is that tax rate? If you're or the fee rate, if it's under a million, that'll drop to point six. If it's over a million, the value from a million to a million five will be at two percent and over a million five will be at three percent. Yeah. And look, I you know, there are all kinds of stats out there by people in for and against, you know, what percentage of things like are, you know, rents going to raise because people pay more for this. I mean, landlords are going to raise rents if they want to raise rents. That's just how that works. Yeah. it is, it is really interesting to me um, how the messaging is playing out on this. I, I think in the end it's not going to pass. It's at the very end of the ballot. Um, I think that it's muddled enough that people aren't going to understand. Um, I, I personally am going to vote for it. Um, I, I wish to be in a position to sell a place for a million dollars or more or buy a place for a
0: million dollars or more. I don't see that I will be. Um, but you I, know I don't want to be. I want. I like. I mean, this is the thing. And, and getting back to what I was saying is like, ultimately, the way that we fight homelessness is by making property more affordable. And so, if I end up losing a little bit of what you know that money I would get back for my nominal investment in my property means that somebody else can afford to live, like that's what I want. But I know that's a hard. It's it's hard to argue it and uh and hard to structure it that way. So anyhow. There you go. Um, awesome. I Bring think we Chicago should home. end on a warm and fuzzy topic today, if that's okay Shot spotter? Do. Oh, we forgot about shot spotter. Let's talk shot about spotter. shot spotter. Okay. Shot
1: spotter is one of these amazingly bad
0: technologies that the city signed up for. So if you you're go to a bar and you just yell, shots, shots, yeah, exactly. shots, <laughs> shot, everybody, shots. and that's being a shot spotter. Yeah,
1: exactly. Then the, the Malort girls show up. Yes. I guess. So... <laughs> <laughs> so if you're driving around some neighborhoods in Chicago, you may see a like a, a a pole on a corner with a light and then there's an extended pole above it. Yeah. And it's this technology there's called flashing Shots blue light on it yeah. to let
0: you know you're in a questionable neighborhood, Yeah, basically. exactly. I can
1: see one from my bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> really. And the idea is like this technology is supposed to use acoustics to detect when gunshots are fired to route police there. Um, there's absolutely no evidence that it works, um,
0: that it's good. It's just seems terrible. Yeah, and um, and to my point, it it creates an an image of a neighborhood. Like when you see those, it's like oh, this must be a dangerous neighborhood, and and that and it's not. Yeah. The, the correlation is not there. Well, and and here's the thing. It, look, just straight
1: up, I live in a neighborhood that has gang activity. Fine. Um, I don't feel unsafe there. My kids ride the train by themselves. I'm not not bothered by it. There is a shot spotter that is 500 feet from my house. Yeah. Um, I have been the one to report shots fired so many times where I've waited five minutes and there's been nothing heard on the police side, and then I call it in yeah. because the shot spotter doesn't work. and And those shots... We're fired within twenty-five feet of the corner where that thing is is yeah. at. Like, yeah, I, it, 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 and I know that's anecdotal, but it doesn't work anyway. So this was one of Mayor Johnson's promises during the campaign. He's going to get rid of this contract. Yeah, the contract is, you know, could go until next year, I and mean, he's just like, I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to cancel this contract. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to renew it. But then, of course, he fucked that up and was like, well, maybe maybe six months. Maybe we could do six months to transition out of it. Like, wait, what? Why? Yeah. And so then the ShotSpotter people, when they saw their share price go way down, they're like, well, we only won a year. And it turned into this stupid negotiation with the city. Yeah. So nominally good. It's going away. On the other hand, my dudes, it is. And this is tied into the Bring Chicago Home. Like the mayor's office. Seems like it
0: needs a little help tightening message and process here. I mean, that's it's entirely possible that you know there's a there's a bit of learning on the job and trying to figure these things out. And but I mean, I think this is just an overall theme with this this administration is they they seem disorganized. They seem like they're not getting their message out clearly. That they're spending money on the wrong things. Like it's just not doesn't feel good. Um, Now, granted, he's got. Several more years before he's out of office. So he's got time to, you know, get this flying right, but uh, it's not a great start. No, not an awesome start.
1: But let's talk about those
0: shiny, happy people. Yes. Or in this
1: case, animals. Yes. He's got we've, animal news. We have
0: delightful animal news, everybody. So, you know, I'm th- this is your reward for making through all the shit that we just piled right. on top of you. Um, you know.
1: I think uh, we should start with your stuff, the otters and coyotes, even though I put the otters in. But you
0: are the otter people. I am the otter people. So, uh, Well, I'm going to start with the coyotes because that is the most personal of these things. So um, I had seen a a note recently that basically saying, hey, everybody, coyotes are currently in breeding season. And so they may be a little more active and and out there than usual. So just be careful around them. Um, The the way it works, but basically is that coyotes ultimately are afraid of human beings and uh, will generally try to avoid you. But this is a time when there's more of them around and more likely to be interacting with them. So. I was walking back near the cemetery, uh, whose name eludes me at the moment, but um, they have a colony of coyotes there. And so I see a coyote, and I thought, okay, well, I'm supposed to make noise to keep the coyote from bothering me. And so that's what I do. I have a little cup of Starbucks, uh, just some ice cubes at this point, and I rattle that around thinking, hey, I'm making noise. Maybe that'll make the coyote go away. That's Graceland Cemetery, Graceland right? Cemetery, that is correct. And uh, that sounded like a great idea. Uh, unfortunately, apparently, the sound of ice rattling around in the cup I- attracts coyotes. So don't do that. If you see a coyote, do not do that, because it it's will start Quiznos coming towards you. right? Clearly, it is thought it was a Quiznos drink cooler and was ready to get into it. Um, so it started coming towards me, and I have this kind of oh-shit moment. And... Uh, I, I changed to a new strategy of waving my arms and yelling quite loudly at it, which i, I got to tell you i, w- I would have paid to see, yes, yes, uh well, maybe that shot spotter camera nearby would have found it for you, but uh probably not, and uh yes, I did find that yelling at the coyote was much more effective, it freaked out and ran away, so you didn 't try to negotiate with the coyote I did not try to negotiate with the coyote, uh, yes, so that was that um. We have new otters. Um, I know we have new otters. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the new no, otters. No, it's just but new otters. otters. We have new are otters. Awesome. Uh, uh, they're at the aquarium, the zoo. Uh, th- I are think they they're at? A, <laughs> where are they at? I think they're at the shed. They're at the shed. That's right. I was like, I thought they were the, at the aquarium, aquarium, but yeah. So new otters. Go check out the new otters. I need to check out the new otters. Um, and then, so my two favorite things. Yes.
1: Also, yeah. So bird related. First of all, people have been spotting a bald eagle flying around my neighborhood. Yes. Like crazy. On the Chicago River, Horner Park, like up and down. There's been some amazing pictures um right on the river. In fact, it got a name. The Balderman of the thirty yes, third. Thirty third Ward, Ward Balderman.
0: And I have the T shirt. Delightful
1: <laughs> It's been a while. I had to get a T-shirt.
0: What's funny is he was just starting into this. I'm like, oh, I remember there was a naming contest for it. What was the name of it? And I start Googling this, and then he does the shirt reveal. I'm like, shirt reveal. yeah, there you go. Because I like to have shirts that are
1: episode-related, so amazing. And here's actually the thing that has made me even happier. So in Chicago, city by the lake, um, there is a bird sanctuary that is – uh, at Montrose Ave, which is close to where I live. And close and it's to where lovely, Steve, by the way. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and we have piping plovers. And during the pandemic, because people were
0: looking for anything, it was the piping plovers. And the plovers mate for life. Um, well, and there was a lot of controversy, too, because they were like trying to have concerts there. And it was like, yeah, they want to protect the plovers. And the concert the was going to disrupt the plovers. And so it was a whole thing. And
1: And there's this mating pair. There was a mating pair... Monty and Rose, and like everybody was like, we love these guys, and they had they had a brood, and they went off, and some of them came back, and like, um, and then Monty died suddenly, like what? And it was it was brutal here in Chicago. Like we were we were riding that riding that wave, and they've just renamed that bird sanctuary to the Monty and Rose Bird Sanctuary, and I got to tell you, I love it. It's great. I just I just love it. I, I. it is the things we need in the next nine months, as this is going to suck. We need to look at things Heart like birds. animal <laughs> stories. That's what we need. Yes. Yes, please. Bring them. Bring them hard. We need that. Yes. To make everybody okay.
0: All right. So I think that wraps us up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, show, up. show up to this amazing Illuminated Brew Works up here on
1: Northwest Highway. Uh, yep. Or text us. All right. We'll show up with you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.